0: Welcome back to the native AZ sports show brought to you by Patak and Dalton. We're going to be talking Diamondbacks with the number one record in the NL West, number two in the NL, uh, 35 and 25 record as of June 5th, 2023. Ben, wax smack love my Diamondbacks. How are you liking those baby backs, those answer backs, those Diamondbacks who just keep fighting?
1: Yeah, you got to like them. I mean, that sweep of Colorado is beautiful. And, and we went to that game. One of the games. Um, They're just a fun team to watch. I just keep saying that over and over again. And I know, Nick, you can talk to a little bit more because you went to another game this weekend um, with the Braves in town. But seeing those attendance numbers back in the 30,000s, that gets me pretty excited. Because when you're going to baseball and there's 30,000 people there, you get into those games. And it used to be rocking down at Bank One Ballpark slash Chase Field.
0: It really was, man. I mean, growing up, right, like we're in our mid 30s, basically. Uh, we grew up with the Diamondbacks being really good. I mean, we were fortunate that our childhood, both yours and I, I mean, we're millennials. We're middle aged millennials now, 33 and 34. And we remember the <clears throat> late 90s seasons, the 01, 02 seasons, where the Diamondbacks won the World Series, where Randy Johnson won four Street, Cy Youngs, where this team was extremely. Talented, competed night in night out, and the Diamondbacks really for a long time were like the number two most popular team in Phoenix. It was the Phoenix Suns, always the Suns town. But the Diamondbacks, I think, mean, for a long time in that ninety seven to oh three, were the most second most popular team in town. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, it, and it's not just because I was a kid, but oh, I oh, wanted SU to watch every... too. I'd probably yeah. Say well,
1: I, but you know, they felt like ours. We've talked yeah. about this a lot. Like you need to be homegrown in order for the Arizona fan base to, to get to know you, or you at least need to be here consistently um, is probably a better way to put it. And those Diamondbacks during that era were. And so we, my dad shared season tickets with four guys, and we get to go to the games, and it was it was so much fun. And there's the spring training affiliates are here. Yeah, it's hot as hell, but that also means that there's no other ticket in town. So Correct. if you're putting money back into this team, you're doing it right, it should get thirty thousand people a night, and that's really exciting because it's you know we're always looking for something to do in the desert in the summertime.
0: Always, yeah. In theory, if the if the Dimebacks can make this fun, they can really be competitive night in, night out. They were just ranked as the most affordable value for a family of four to going out to the ballpark. It was said that four tickets and a full dinner. With drinks is like 150 bucks for a night for a family of four, which in this economy with inflation is pretty good. There's a lot of affordable ticket options for the Diamondbacks, which is amazing, considering that they are as of June 5th, 2023, the number one team in the NL West. They're tied with the Dodgers. They're number two in the National League right behind the Braves by one game. Uh, So we have a lot to talk about this episode. We're going to talk about Tori Lovello getting extended one more year. We're going to talk about these one-year extensions. This is another one-year extension. He's not getting a big long-term contract. We're going to talk about, unfortunately, Jake McCarthy, Josh Rojas, uh, Geraldo Perdomo, and um, Paven Smith all going cold at the plate, but also talking about Rivera and Gurriel and Corbin Carroll being hot at the plate. We're going to talk about who should be the next position player, young up and coming, to get an extension. We're going to talk about what's a bigger need, a number 3 starter, a really good one, or is it another one or two elite bullpen arms? Talk about Corbin Carroll's Rookie of the Year. Canada See how great he's been, and who should be All-Stars. So let's kind of dive into it, Ben. Give me your thoughts on Tory being extended only one year. Is it the right move? Should he be getting a couple more years? What do you think on the one-year extensions? So I, one good for him, um, for at least getting an extension.
1: Um, I heard him actually on the radio just before that drop the day before. Um, they, Burns and Gambo at, at 98.7 asked him flat out, you know, do you deserve an extension and do you want to be here? And he said, I love Phoenix. I said, I bleed Sedona red. I want to be here. If they could give me a lifetime contract today, I'd sign it now. And I think, you know, Torrey has his flaws, but he's been a pretty dang good manager. You know, he's extremely loyal to players to a fault and he's hung with this team as a good manager. Um, through kind of the abyss, and he's led him through this entire rebuild. And he's had these contracts that are one year plus team options. Now, at least ne- now it's, it's, it's this year and then next year he's under contract. But I think if any other manager was doing the job now that Tory's doing at least this season, he's getting a longer contract if he's not saying things along the lines of, I want to be here as a lifer. So, Tori's not trying to use the leverage. He's basically saying, I want to be here. Give me the contract. I'll sign whatever you put in front of me. For a yeah, cheap franchise like the Dimebacks, probably a smart business move. Is it maybe the right move for your guy? Probably not. But, hey, if he's willing to do it and he's excited about it, it must mean that there's mutual interest in doing at least it's at that two-year type of deal. Right.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's fair, even though a manager that has a number one club in the division right now and has a good baseball team altogether would probably get a longer-term extension. There's just some things, like you said, loyal to a fault. There's a couple things he does uh, managerial-wise. I think you could point to does he develop young talent position player-wise very well, where like Brent Strom, you can look at his developed pitching. It seems decently well. You know, but then again, there's a few things like Brandon uh situation scenario where he's really struggled coming up. I think it's interesting. I think there he's done a very good job with the talent he had in the past, and now that they has a pretty solid roster, they're winning. There are some really frustrating things he does, but I think, like you said, every manager has that. The one that I really don't understand recently that I think is a, something to monitor is like batting Paven Smith. And I sent you Ben uh, by text a um link to the Twitter account, Arizona Dimeback Stats and Info. It's a good good one to pull up on the pod. I'm going to read this tweet from yesterday. The Dimeback's leadoff experiment with Pavin Smith is not panning out. Smith is hitting 167 in the leadoff spot in eight games. He's 5 for 30. He only has three extra base hits, six RBIs, five walks, five strikeouts. He has a 286 on-base percentage. Uh, and Rojas is also in a slump, but he keeps going back to Pavin. And it's a little bit of the Monty thing. Where is he being overly loyal to a few guys and just putting a square peg into a round hole over and over again? There was also something at the game. You mentioned I went to the game. I did go to the game with some friends, friends of the show, um, you know, Ben, Brett and Brian, good buddies of mine. And uh, there were a couple moments in the game where I think when Rojas was struggling, he should have pinch hit possibly Christian Walker or somebody else because they were really starting to make a rally and come back. Uh, and he didn't. There were just a couple things like late in game adjustments maybe he could have done. But, you know, I think managers overall have their flaws. Overall, is he a good manager? I'd probably say yes, he's a good manager. Is he an elite one? Time, you know, rem- remains to be seen. Sometimes he can leave relievers in a little bit too long. You know, there there are things yeah. that happen. But is he a well, good manager? Yeah, he is. I'd say he's a good manager. Yeah.
1: And I'm old enough to remember three weeks ago when we were like, oh man, Pavin Smith is kind of back from the dead. Like maybe he's gonna become a good player. So having mean, baseball so long that things could go round about. The tough part is what you mentioned is we just have so much outfield talent that it's not really worth, you know. And he he's not the guy who's worth giving the benefit of the doubt to when things start no. to struggle. There's um, other guys but,
0: too in the minors, Fletcher,
1: Canzone, and, and Fletcher came even- up and played well, right? And Thomas yeah. is still down in the minors. And uh, so I, I think what tory has been good at is developing young talent to get to a certain point. And I think what the Dimebacks want to see is, he's, is he going to go past that point? Because he didn't last time we kind of had talent. And did we probably rush or rebuild because we were better than we thought we'd be? And Hazen had to kind of go all in before he wanted? Yes. Now they're doing it right. And they want to see, right. can Tory kind of go past that plateau? Yeah. And if he's going to
0: let them not pay him, then so be it. I know. I'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they handle this trade deadline as well. Um, Because is is Ken Kendrick going to pressure Mike Hazen and go? This is one of our best teams. We need to win now. You need to sell on prospects. And I really hope that doesn't happen. I am going to say this June fifth on 2023. I am not giving up any of our absolute blue chip prospects to get guys unless. They are highly controllable for years and years, meaning you get a, a surefire number two pitcher for a long time that is already proven. Yes. Then you, you might be able to talk me into giving up guys like who I think are going to be extremely good. Davis and De Los Santos, Yvonne Melendez, human Lin, which is a, a a guy in the minors. Who's a pitcher, Blake Walston. Maybe you could convince me to give up some of our best prospects. If we get a guaranteed like stud, that's already proven it. That's young. But I I don't want to trade a bunch of good prospects for a rental. I don't think we're going to... I just don't realistically think we're going to win a World Series this year. It's an amazing step in the right direction. Just stay the course. And if you can give up a couple middle-of-the-road prospects, like top 25 at positions of depth for a rental, like a number three, okay. But I'm not giving up the number six prospect, the number 12 prospect, the number 20 prospect, and then another guy, four or five guys for like, A Lucas Giolito, who's on the White Sox, for a number three guy who's a free agent after this year and is a rental. Like, I just don't know if that's exactly the smartest thing. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you on on that.
1: I think you know, I would, to be honest, I'd give up Fought if I got a guy who's like a number two with controllable years because I think that's probably similar to what you're giving up, and maybe it's not the young guy you're trading it for a guy in his late twenties. Um, But that's probably the only guy that I'm willing to toss in. And it has to be specific to that. Otherwise, you know, you're building this the right way. And you have a team that's extremely talented. And, you know, who knows? They could get hot, right? And you get into October. Baseball. Young team could get in there. It's baseball. And suddenly you're there. And you could win it with the talent that you have. And you maybe went and got a reliever or, you know, some back end of, of a rotation guy. And it ended up working out. And you kept your prospects. That's ideal. I've just seen... This team go into quickly before, and I don't want that to happen. I so agree. I think the only thing I'm really willing to give up is is a controllable pitching or a, a pitching talent like fought for a controllable contract of a number two
0: guy. So so more of a guarantee. Yeah, it'd be interesting if a team would be willing to take. Probably would be. I mean, Fott's upside could be pretty good. He he has right. things to work on, but I mean, he is our highest rated pitcher in the minors uh I'm curious to see how he develops going forward his first stint in the majors was not very good mainly because of one main issue fought was giving up uh he was throwing fastballs down the middle with no movement at 93 to 95 and those were batting practice fastballs and guys were just lighting him up he, he wasn't throwing yeah. 98 he wasn't throwing 97 with late movement it was like 93 right down the middle and people were just smacking it so he gets some adjustments he has good breaking stuff i'd be curious to see uh, how he does so uh let's yeah. talk and rarely nick do
1: these pitchers come up and succeed the first time around like i'm thinking yeah. max scherzer i'm thinking trevor bauer i mean even archie bradley to a degree when they first came up they're a herald and then it didn't work out right away yep. so it's moving off of young talent too quick especially pitching young talent is a scary yeah. thing to do you're right
0: i, I probably wouldn't give up thought or this guy Blake Walston, a big lefty, unless you, you got someone almost guaranteed. Like or or you could maybe the here's a one that's interesting. Like there's a big lefty in Miami that's floundering named Sandy Alcantara, former Cy Young. He's floundering with a five ERA right now. I don't know why. Let's say let's say they go, All right, blow us away with the trade package and you think Brett Strom's gonna get him back right. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean that's an interesting one like i hate the Er
1: floundering guy because we just got rid of a floundering guy right i mean we were two years too late on getting rid of but it scares me in the day of the pitch clock like the the toronto picture who is really struggling and it's because of the pitch clock because all of his antics are slowing everything down can a guy figure it out so i i hate like struggling to a degree but if you're floundering I don't want you around here. We we don't need it cuz we're we're not all the chips aren't all in.
0: Yeah. It it yeah, it is really they're going to have to really navigate this well. So, let's say okay, bigger need assuming we don't have to give up a ton, maybe a couple two to three top 40 prospects and hopefully none in the top 10 for mm-hmm. a number 3 pitcher who's either a rental or controllable, ideally controllable or another one or two bullpen Arms that are good. What do you think is the bigger need um if you could only pick one? It's it's tough because you have Merrill and you have Gallen.
1: And theoretically, if you put two guys on the hill that you have real confidence in, you feel good going into a series. But if you get that third guy, then it's it's kind of a lock because you can, you know, do the short rest thing. Um I, I I'm gonna say starting pitcher. I know reliever is, is super key, but I feel like we have a decent bullpen. You could probably get another bullpen arm for really cheap, even you know, there's a there's the trade deadline, and then right. there's kind of the waiver period after that, which is essentially yeah. like a new trade deadline. MOB rules are weird. Um, and that could be a way that you you're able to get him.
0: I think you can give up less for a bullpen arm from somebody that isn't competing and contending and is like, hey, I'm gonna lose this bullpen guy, I'm gonna lose this reliever. Uh, in free agency next year you know especially when it's towards a trade deadline some guys be in a position to some teams are not going to be in a position to be contending right so you could go okay i'll give you one top 30 prospect and you got to give me your bullpen guy it's pretty good like you got to give me a really good setup guy for a the Diamondbacks' six best outfielder right in the minors like some team's gonna go we're gonna lose this guy like the rockies might not pay one of their best relievers or you know the pirates are struggling they might not pay one of their best relievers or you know something like that okay sure i'll swing i would say the number three starter is absolutely the most important because as of now right they got rid of mass and garner he was